Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joshua Lumen, and welcome to the fifth episode of One on One with Fireball. Now, for today's episode, we're actually going to be getting a little bit on the sports side, and to here to do that for me is my guest, Kevin Arias Romero with West Sierra, West Sierra League Athletics. And Mr. Romero, I just want to say thank you very much for doing and having the time for this interview. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, now, what exactly do you do for that? Well, I'll give you a little start of how it began. Started in 2012. I was uh, entering my junior year in high school, and um, at the at that time, I was specifically just covering Mendota and specifically a player by the name of Edgar Segura, who at the time was on tra on track to set not only league records but um, division records as well as some state records and so every week after the games I would actually call ABC 30 call one of my, my good friends um, Tommy Tran who was sportscaster at the time um, and giving him the stats and he would do the best he can to relay the message out there um, as often as he could and then um, you know covered that the rest of that season in which he did set some records and then in the spring I decided well if I can cover Mendota, I can also cover the rest of the league. So I decided to expand to what's now WS Athletics, which covers Tranquility, Avenal, excuse me, Mendota, Fireball, and Los Palos. So every team that's in the league, I cover them as best as I can, cover the sports as best as I can. And it's just something that I'm proud of. It's eight years now that I've been with this. And one of the main reasons why I began this was because I don't think the major outlets that we have now, Fresno B, ABC 30, CBS 47, NBC 24, I don't really think they give the attention that these small schools out here deserve. Because these small schools produce some pretty good talent, sports-wise, and have some pretty solid teams. And the whole reason why I started is because I want, if no one else is going to get the word out, then I'll do it. I'll be the voice for the small schools to get what they deserve. And that's very mighty amazing, if I may. Just saying, that's very good. Now, if I may, can you tell us more, a little more on the Fireball side for this? Of course, of course, no problem. Uh, Fireball, um, I've, um, of course, like I said, um, this school has has some productive teams over the years. Um, softball in 2016, I believe, um, winning a softball a valley championship. Uh, and that was very good for the program. I believe it was their first one in quite some time, or maybe the first in their program. And of course, out of that program, you saw you saw the first female athlete to get a scholarship, Teddy Diedrich, who played at Menlo for quite some time. And then, of course, the big storyline was Josh Allen. You know, quarter, quarterback. Um, you know, family's well known here in Fireball. Uh, the farm, the the restaurant themselves, they had farmer's daughter. Um, but of course, the kid himself, he's a, first of all, he's not just a great athlete, he's a, a very humble person. And I've, you know, being around them and around him, you know, it was always, always good times and seeing him play out in the field. Um, I knew he was talented and I knew he had the chops for Division One. When I found out that no Division One school gave him an offer, that right there, I mean, it, it, I was upset just like he was, you know, because he felt like he deserved it. He sent letters, emails, videos, 
to mostly all of the Division One schools you can think of: Alabama, Fresno State, Duke, Virginia, Clemson. Any school you can think of in Division One, he sent them his stuff, but not one of them even gave him a look over. And when I found out, and then not me, but when he found out, Fresno State had picked someone who was, mind you, smaller than he was, a little less on the skinnier side than he was, when they um, recruited that quarterback from Texas. He sent, he sent the athletic department a very upset form of an email. Basically, in short, he said, you're going to regret the decisions you made by not picking me as your quarterback. And when he played, and then when he got into college, he got to Reedley College, played a year there, and then he got two offers. One was to Wyoming, one was to um, Eastern Michigan. And Eastern Michigan eventually dropped out, so all of those left was Wyoming. So he got up, went to Wyoming, and he had a great career there. He played against Fresno State. Didn't win, but he did give them a run for their money. And after that game on the press conference, at the time, Coach Tedford from Fresno State, he said, I am sincerely regretting not picking up this young man for my team. Because everyone saw the talent that I saw when he was in high school, that everyone here in Fireball saw. And then, of course, everybody was excited when the draft came. Everyone was hoping he would be a top 10, top 5 even. Maybe even a, a there was a 50-50 chance he could have been number one overall. Of course, because when I heard about that, I was hoping for him. Because first time ever, somebody from Fireball for the sports side for football was actually going to be in the NFL draft. So, of course, like everyone here, I was rooting for him too. Exactly. I mean, me too. I was watching at a, at a friend's house when we saw Tampa was seventh. But then when we saw that Buffalo made a trade... To move up to seven, it clicked in my head. They're going to pick Josh. Why else would a team move up? They were originally set to pick 10th or 11th. They moved up seven. They moved up the draft board. And I'm thinking, the only way, the only reason why a team would move up in the draft, they want someone. And they needed a quarterback, and that's when they picked Josh. The pride of Fireball was going to Buffalo. And I couldn't be more proud of him. And he made it into the top ten. He's now top that, ten. Of course, was major. It doesn't and matter if you're still if you're in the top ten at least. That is a major achievement right there. Exactly. And you know he embraced it. His first season in Buffalo did very well, and right now he's entering his third year with Buffalo. Last year he actually made they made the playoffs and competed with Houston. I mean, close game. You know, um, a lot of people at the end of the game. Some of them were kind of. Getting it on him, thinking, oh, we tried to do a little too much. But his coach at the end of the game said, hey, I trust my guy. He is my guy out there in the field. I trust him with the decisions he makes, and we just got to live with it. And so that right there, to start off from no offers to now a third-year player in the NFL, a starting quarterback, mind you, that is impressive. That is what I call a true underdog story, and it came out here from Fireball. All right. Now, of course, we're all proud for Josh Allen, and we hope he does good later on. Because now, as you said, though, getting back to the fireball high school football and athletics and everything, like I believe you mentioned that they might be starting hopefully by next year. That well, let me backtrack it a little bit. We all know we're in the middle of this pandemic, and we all are hoping that things, one way or another, return to some kind of normal. 
We're not going to get the exact normal we had before all of this. And that included high school and that included sports and academics, but mostly the sports side. Because a lot of people were wondering, because they've seen how the pro sports, how they've been doing it, how the how there was a shutdown for a while, and then finally things came back. But of course, in some kind of a bubble thing. But I don't think a bubble would be appropriate for high school sports. But they did modify how they do practices. This is, I heard this from a contact of mine over at Clovis Unified. And they're doing the same thing at Fresno. That they're gonna get they they would get the players in pods like groups of ten, and that they would stay to that group the whole practice, not share equipment, not share anything, so they would pr to prevent spread. So then, of course, everyone was waited with bated breath when the first when the CIF and the not just the central section but the state they were in talks with the other commissioners in the state about what to do. What, how are we going to move on from this? How are we going to get ready for the fall like this? Because we can't get ready normally like we've been doing for years and years and years. So Fireball was already, they were already playing. They're hoping for the best, but of course expecting the worst. Mm -hmm. the, the original decision date was supposed to be in mid-June. But then they decided, you know what, we'll need it. We're going to push it back a month to, to July which I believe was a smart move. It gave us a chance to see how everything would pan out and to give the teams and schools a chance to set up scenarios depending on the decision they made. And finally, July 20th, so a little over a month ago, they came up with a decision saying, instead of a three sport season, fall, winter, and spring, it's gonna be two, a two sport season. So you're basically going to have fall, winter crammed in one, and then spring still kind of on schedule. So football is going to start, this is the projected start, is January. Pract they're going to start practicing maybe late December into January, so basically while we're in winter break. And the, by, I believe the end of the month, that's when they will plan to start having games. Now, still, there's still a lot of decisions to be made, in particular about how exactly they're going to do it, how they, how many personnel are going to be allowed on the field, actually, and the big question: how much of the capacity in fans? Because we're not like, look, we're not like the NFL, we're not like the NCAA. We 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 are not at the point where we can say, oh, we, we're not going to allow any fans because fans provide revenue for high school, for the sport athletics department. NFL and the NCAA, they have their own ways of doing it. They don't really necessarily need fans, but of course they love the fans to be there, but they don't need it because they have their sponsorships, they have their um, their boosters, and what they have you. High school is a different thing. You need fans because fans bring in ticket sales, concession sales, and apparel. And if you don't have that, then the athletic department is going to take a huge loss from it. So there's still many things to be discussed about how the season is going to progress. And, you know, it, it's fluidity. This whole situation is fluid. We never know. But until we hear otherwise, we're slated to start in January. And playoffs are also going to be done differently. Fireball's in Division 5. And we all know they have, they've had a few competitive teams in the last recent years. Last year, 
went all the way to, to Valley, but fell short to Carruthers. No, not last year, the year before, I'm sorry. Last year was Los Palos, another West Sierra League team. But, um, you know, Fireball has talent. They have talent, they have the, they have the coaching staff, they have it all. Just, the opponents are not easy, but hey, you don't want easy opponents either. You don't want, you know, you want, you need the competition. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you need the competition. That's how you move up in division, and that's how you move up in within your league. So, like I said, we're just hoping for the best at this point. You know, fall sports in winter, they're going to, it's going to be a little bit difficult because some, most sports share the same field. Soccer, track, I'm not checking soccer, cross country, football, and then basketball and volleyball. So there's definitely going to be some scheduling hiccups along the way. Of course, because some of those same players who play on one team can also are also playing on the other. So exactly. I understand that. And now that you mentioned that, the CIF also made an announcement that they're temporarily suspending a bylaw they have where high school athletes normally they're not allowed to play for a club team. And I've seen that issue happen before, but not for Fireball in Mendota. A soccer player, they found out, some, some other school or someone had found out that he had played in a tournament in Vegas with a club team. When that happened, he was suspended for the playoff game, which cost him. So for this instance, because of this situation, they're gonna re- temporarily, for this season only, suspend that bylaw so that they'll allow um, not, they can play for their school and they can also play for a club team to get more to get more action because they're not going to get as much of it with the regular season going on. Now that's actually interesting to know for anybody who wants to put their kid in their police. Exactly. And, you know, football, um, basketball as well. Very, very talented group of girls and ga- guys and girls. You know, I've seen a couple of the games. And I've seen their coaching staff really dedicated, they're really passionate. I know most of the coaches. Shoot, um, the assist, the JV head coach was actually my coach in high school, and he was a pretty good coach. You know, we finished third in league that year, and he's done a pretty good job here in Fireball. He brought on along another, a former athlete as well, uh, not from here, but has embraced it here since being on brought on staff, and of course. Um, we all know um, that for a while, um, the girls' team was coached by, uh, uh, I can't remember her first name, Carmona. I don't know if that last name comes to me anyway, but, you know, they've always had great teams. Fireball High School has great teams. They've just also had some rough times in, in, in playoffs, specifically. And like I said, Fireball Football, they've always been right there to win, to win league, to win um, Valley. But of course, like I said, they had that close game with Carruthers, a very good game against Carruthers. And, you know, I didn't get to go, it was in Carruthers, but I heard it. And uh, talking with the coach afterwards, he said that he's proud, he's still proud of his team because they gave it their all. It was a last second misstep of a play that cost them. But that's, that's football. You're gonna have those plays. Those plays that they either can hurt you or cost you. You know, those last second mishaps, you know, you never know. You know, it's just like life, you never know, anything can happen and you bam, 
you know, and that's what, you know, Fireball, you know, they, they are, like I said, their sports are, they're good. They're up there, top level. Everyone knows that Fireball, when it comes to sports, they're competing with not just the rest of the teams in the league, but even competing up there with the big boys. And I'm talking about Fresno area schools, Boba schools, you know, a couple of times where they've beaten higher, top tier opponents, you know, like beating Roosevelt, Central, I can go on. That right there shows that it doesn't matter where you live, where you're from, it just matters how you play the game at that present moment, you know? Like the expression goes, any given day, any given day, something amazing can happen. And I've seen it in person. For example, very good one, Fireball Football, they were playing the Apollos. This was when their quarterback was Joshua Gutierrez. Great quarterback. Amazing quarterback, too, just like Joshua's. Um, he got hurt towards the end of that game with less than a minute to go, and they were driving to the end zone, and they were trailing in that game. So he, he I think it was a shoulder. I think maybe it was dislocated. Nonetheless, the backup came in, and the irony is the backup a year ago played in Das Palos. It was uh, Di Francesco. I can't. I think it was Chris or Matt. One of those. Chris, Chris, Chris Di Francesco. A year ago, he was playing in Dos Palos. A year later, he's he st- he steps up, playing against his former team, his former teammates, and he basically. But then a couple times before that, they there was I believe third down. This was before Jess got hurt. I mean, I can describe it, but you had to have been there to see this play. You know, it looked like a lost play at first. He got the ball, was going, stepped back. His pocket already was collapsing. And so he, you know, he was scrambling around and he somehow. Of course, was, while other teammates were cheating, the opponents were chasing him. Exactly. Like, everyone was, you know, they were all in the stands. I was in the stands. They were all cheering for him, you know, just to run, get away, you know, do what you got to do. They even they got a hold of his jersey and you know he got off of it and they totally ripped his jersey. Yeah, he would not go down that easily. And he turned what would have been, depending on where if he would have gotten tackled the first time, it would have been about a, maybe a 12, 13 yard loss into a fifteen yard gain. So he somehow got out of it, threw the pass, found his hit, hit his hit his receiver. Um, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he's pretty good. Uh, anyways, he caught, he caught his receiver, and it was amazing. A couple plays later, that's when he got hurt, and then DeFrancisco steps in. Less than twenty sec, less than ten seconds, they're in the goal, in the red zone around the ten yard line, and he somehow snaps the ball. He's going, he's going, looking for an open man, throws it. It was like I would co- I would compare it close to the Santonio Holmes touchdown in the Super Bowl with the Steelers. Not exactly the toe touching touchdown, but this guy caught it, went down in the field, and um, and yeah, caught it, game winning touchdown. That right there was one of the greatest games I've seen. And Jesh and Di Francesco to work together to pull that off, it was amazing. That was, that game was called that game. Put the pressure on Doc Hollis, who at the time was the league leaders. So, like I said, Fireball Sports 
they have talent. They have teams. They just struggle to get over that one little obstacle, which is to finally win Valley. I haven't seen a team win Valley from Fireball quite some time, except for softball. Football, they've been close several times. Basketball, I think the girls' basketball team last year, I think they went to Valley but lost, or no. Either went to Valley or were close, but then they got to participate in the state playoffs. Which that, anytime you get a chance to represent your school at the state playoff level, that means obviously you're there for a reason. They don't just pick anybody to go to the state playoffs, especially basketball, since since the bracketing, the seeding is done differently based on sport. So, but like I said, Fireball definitely has the talent. I hope, you know, Fireball Football has new coach. They kept within their system. It's actually one of their assistant coaches who um, was an assistant under coach Dijon Kelly, who is now in Kerman. And so they, they basically just stayed within their system moved, and moved them up to the head coach. Rodman, that's his name, Coach Rodman. He's now the head coach here at Fireball. And, you know. Good guy, good coach. He is, he is. He was a good assistant, and now as the head coach, you know, he's definitely got his little cutoff for him. And um, I, I found I found up their opponents. The schedule is not set yet, but I know their opponents for this upcoming year. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think we'd get a reunion game so quickly, but Fireball is scheduled to play Kerman. So oh, Coach but... Kelly will be going up against his former team, his former staff. <laughs> and everyone knows that's going to – and I believe it's in Kerman. Ooh. But nonetheless, that – I guarantee you that – Stadium will be packed. You're gonna have people from Fireball there. You're gonna have people from Kremlin there. I'm definitely gonna be there because I gotta see that happen. That is gonna be one of the marquee matchups in not just the in their schedule, but like that night. That's gonna be one of the marquee games. It's gonna be Fireball Kremlin, just like Fireball, of course, scheduled to play Carruthers as well. A rematch of the Valley Championship game. That game we know is gonna be pretty good because Carruthers they've had talented teams in the past. They had talent. They had one of the most winningest coaches in the valley, which is Tom Casanova. And ever since Coach Ward, Brandon Ward took over, it's like if you know they just kept on going. Fire, like I said, Fireball's up there. Fireball can definitely compete. They, like I said, just kind of get over that hump of winning league. They they've been close to winning league several times. They've been close to winning valley several times. But I believe once they finally get over that hump and win Valley, football hasn't won one since the 90s. I was a baby when the last time they won. You know? So, so knowing them, I fully believe that they can do it. They can. They have the staff. They have the personnel. You know? They just got to start off strong. Like I said, they're not going to have an easy preseason. And like I said, I know their opponents already. It's Fowler, Carruthers, Roosevelt, and uh, El Capitan for Merced. Still kind of hazy with that one because I got off the phone with the athletic director from Fireball, Casey Jones, and she told me that there's for now they're still scheduled to play them, but they just she just hasn't had a chance to confirm because El Cap they had a they had a transition, new coach and new athletic director, so they still are working within the, that game's in the works. All right, but the rest of the schedule, um, as far as we know, that's set. Like I said, we don't know the the, exact, the days, the times. We don't know that yet, but we know who they're gonna play. 
and this is going to be a tough schedule for Fireball, but I believe they can do it. Like I said, they have the manpower. I've seen it in person. They do. Like I said, everyone better circle their calendars, Fireball Kerman, because that's definitely going to be a showdown. Well, for that being said on that, I say to Fireball Eagles, good luck and go Eagles on that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm rooting for them, that's for sure. Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, they're, I've known them all. I've known, like I said, I know most of the coaches. I know most of the administration. Um, Catalan, great principal there. I know um, Brady, uh, also a good, good man. Um, Mr. Freitas, superintendent, also very good guy. And then once in a while you'll see um, – the former principal, Anderson, out there as well too. They're all great people. They're all really, um, every time I'm around, they're they're hospitable. Always welcoming, welcoming, you know, bringing me into the loop as best they can. Um, and of course, I I, um, I know she would feel offended if I don't mention her name at least once, but, but Kirk, Mrs. Kirk out there, oh, great, yeah. tremendous person. A great photographer as well as an athletic trainer. Oh yeah. You know, so I definitely, I, I if she ever heard this and I didn't mention her name, I'm pretty sure I would hear from it. <laughs> so, I, Kirk, if you ever listen to this, I, I got your name in here, that's for sure. You know, she's a great person. But everyone in Fireball, I, they don't care that I'm from Mendota. They don't. They just care that I'm there, you know, I'm promoting Fireball, I'm promoting everybody. You know? I mean, heck, sometimes, to be honest, I sometimes enjoy it out here than sometimes over there. Sometimes I don't really feel it over there than I do over here. You know, and I learned that more as I temporarily lived here for about two and a half months. And it's amazing. You know, the people here are amazing. The schools here are amazing. It's, you know, it's it's an amazing town. And I'm proud to be able to come here, frequent here, and you know, go to school here in college. And um, I'm hopeful that I can continue the success with WS Athletics and promoting small schools like Fireball. Like I said. They are talented. They got power. They're not. They, they don't go down without a fight. I'll give you that much. Oh yeah, that's one thing. Besides, when I was in Fireball High School for the sports team, I know I wasn't part of any of the sports, but being in part of the marching band, I saw football, I saw basketball, and I even saw some other sports like volleyball, tennis as well, even even swimming. Exactly. And I know we got people, we got heart, and we got the power, we got the stuff to do it, we got the drive, so whenever we're ready and we come back, I know it's going to be good for Fireball Eagles. And a thing to note, Fireball and I think Boss Paulos, only schools out here on the west side with an actual swim team. Because yeah. true. Mendota don't have no pool, Tranquility, we all know don't have one. Oh. I mean... I'm sorry. I mean, everyone. I'm not the only one that says that. I mean, I understand. You know, I'm not trying to to throw shade at anyone, but everyone knows there's teams that struggle. Fire, Fireballs had their struggles too. Oh, yeah. I'm not just excluding them out too. Every team in the league has had their struggles. Like I said, I've seen them. You've probably seen them yourself uh-huh. being there. They've had their low points. You know. Um, yeah. There's been times where certain uh, sports actually had might have been cut due to budget and everything. Because, like you said, we have problems, and one of them is management and money. So that management and and unsuccessful, unsuccessful seasons. Yeah, and sometimes without the finances, the sports can't compete. Exactly. So, which is why here's the thing: the thing about Fireball Sports is that it's not just their students and the administration that puts their efforts in it. It's also, the community. It's 
the community and the schools go hand in hand. The community backs their team. They support their team through thick and thin. Boosters, they support the sports through thick and thin, regardless. You know, because they believe in the school. They believe in the Eagles. You know, they put their they put their their faith in them, and whatever happens, that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it may be. I hope it's the next year or two from now that they find that football wins the final championship. It may be another ten or maybe another twenty, but it won't happen. I guarantee you, they will get over that hump, finally claim a valley title, and be able to update and maybe put something out on their stadium that puts it, hey, we want Valley in this year. We want League in this year. And that is something I do believe and really hope and agree with you on that. Exactly. Because everyone everyone thinks and this is what I've been doing the last few years. Everyone knows that the team to beat in league, for a while it was Mendota, but in recent years has been Dos Palos. Everyone guns for Dos Palos, which is a good thing. You want to go for someone. You, you want a, it's so, a, so common, you a go, common enemy. Uh, you want to go for the big guy, the Goliath, the top dog, basically. Exactly. And show that you can take him down. That you belong there. You know, I mean, yes, they made history last year, winning their 50th league, the most league titles in the state. Fireballs had their run in history, too. Like I said, I mentioned earlier in this interview, first female athlete to get a scholarship, Teddy Diedrich. First football player to go into the NFL, Josh Allen. Top 10 draft pick. Third year with the same team. Been in the, already has a playoff appearance. And then another thing for all you gamer fans out there, and Madden, only rookie, only rookie quarterback to have a 99 arm strength rating, and we all know he has a cannon of an arm. His arm's been compared to Patrick Mahomes, who just won the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, granted, he played baseball too, so that's probably where he got most of it. Him and his brother, I can't forget his brother too. Brother's a good guy too, a good athlete, you know. So yeah, that whole family is talented. Not just the brothers, but I've seen their their uh, other sibling play. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Josh and I think Jason, that's his name, hmm. and then McKenna, who just graduated, um, was part of. I believe she was a part of the softball team that won Valley, and then their other sister. Uh, I can't remember her name. I've known her longer, but she was also a very good athlete too. But I believe that was for Los Palos. Um, but nonetheless. Fireball, the people back their schools. You know, we're, a, we're small communities. They they do that. They back their programs no matter what happens, whether it be budget issues or a couple of rough seasons. You know, they do not. They don't waver away from them. They don't distance themselves from them if they had a couple of bad years. You know, and of course, the great coaches have gone to there. I can't even begin to name them all because there's plenty. Football, for example, you have Coach Kelly. He had a great career here in Fireball. Took him to Valley a couple times, won league once or twice. He, he, he can even say, hey, beat Mendota a couple times in Battle 33. We all know how hardcore those games can be. Oh, yeah. I'd say with the rivalry of Mendota versus Fireball. And, I mean, everyone knows that. Um, that's the other game that's circled on everyone's calendar Mendota Fireball. Everyone knows when it's the Battle of 33, that week, it's even gone that deep. Families, like family members that go to different schools, 
they don't talk to each other that whole week. <laughs> I've seen it. You know, friends that go to different schools, they don't talk to each other that whole week. Hmm. Um, even even adults, like, I've seen it. You know, and when it comes to that game, it is basically war. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because but the one that stunned everyone most was last yeah. year. Uh-huh. Mendota was in a losing season. Everyone knew that. Mm-hmm. They come into this game. Fireball was riding on a high. Mm-hmm. Everyone was. Everyone had expected Fireball to just blow them out of the water. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, any given day, and that day belonged to Mendota, and they pulled the upset. Mm-hmm. It stunned everyone in Fireball. It stunned everyone in the stands. After talking with Coach Kelly, he told me we were just off from the from kickoff. We were off. Like once we started to once they started to build that lead. I saw it in our guys, I saw it in, our, in the body language that they were already, they were done. And that's what happens. I've seen it before. You, just because the scoreboard says what it says, it doesn't mean you stop playing. You you play until you see triple zeros at the fourth quarter. You don't that's stop at the true. halftime, you don't stop very in the third quarter. You play until the game is over. And the fireball just, that night it was rough on them. Kelly and then Bill Magnuson, a, a good rest, a great wrestling coach as well, and football. And then, of course, if there's ever a local, I mean, there's a county hall of fame for athletics, a name that definitely should be up there is McCall. Oh, yeah, Mr. McCall. Mr. McCall, one of the greatest coaches, greatest of all time coach in sure. basketball. I know he did other sports as well. Track, track. I, I see him out here. I'm, I'm, I'm right there at West Hills down the road from here. And sometimes I would see him coming in to get some water and use the restroom and, you know, we'd chat for a few minutes and yeah, you know, that was one of the one that moment, I wasn't here when he had his retirement game, but I saw it on Facebook, it was all over Facebook, social media, the live stream of him coaching his last game in Fireball and him leaving Fireball. I think that was one of the, <laughs> one of the roughest moments for Fireball High School. To lose such a, a good a coach like him, you know he's he's been through it all. He's been coaching long enough, and you know he's continuing at um, Ranchos. He's an assistant there, and he's come here a couple times to when Liberty came to play here for basketball. You know another uh, he's he's legend. He's fireball legend for sure. And him yeah. and then there's other oh um, for softball. Oof, I cannot remember her name right now, but she's also a very good softball coach. Her, her, her husband actually was the AD for a while. I just can't remember their name right now. But the head coach for softball, she's also very talented. She, she definitely buckles down, gets her team focused, gets her team ready to go for games. I've seen them a couple in a couple tournaments. Um, I would be watching their games and seeing how they perform, and they always perform at a top level, always, you know, so you can't have the good teams you've had without the good coaches you've had, you know, because the players can, I mean, they can coach themselves, but the one that really does the, the, the brute of the work, the one that, you know, the long hours, the, the weekends, the long nights driving on a bus ride home and then driving home afterwards, it's the coaches, you know. A lot of people sometimes give them give them a bad rap because you know if their team's not doing well, 
not many coaches will say, hey, don't take it out on them, take it out on me. And I've seen that before here in Fireball. Like I said, they've had some low seasons. A lot of people are like, oh, well, it's, it's the players. They're not playing well. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Don't always assume it's the players. The coach will be like, hey, you just didn't get them well prepared enough. That's my responsibility, and it's my fault that this happened. You don't find that often anymore. And that's the sad thing about it. But I see it here. They take responsibility for what happens. You know? Like, another game that I can remember very well. It was a bad one against Carruthers. A blowout game on homecoming night of all games. 42-7. to 7. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That one, I was shocked. I mean, I knew Carruthers was that good of a program, and I, I, I would have thought Fireball would have made it competitive. But that night, it was... It was I... I I had to wait for quite some time until I could find... I was waiting outside the locker room, sitting down in one of those tables, like, you know, waiting and waiting. The assistant's like, hey, I don't think he's going to want to talk. And I'm like, well, you know, it's fine. I'll wait as long as I can. And this was with Kelly. And finally, Kelly comes out, and I'm like, coach, I know you went through a, a very tough game. I don't need much. I just need a little bit. A little bit helps me out at least. And he was willing to give me a little bit. He was, he, he was hurt, They're, they were hurting, they just got blown out at home on homecoming. One of the one, one, of the one games you do not want to lose to. Oh yeah, of course. There's two games you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose homecoming, and especially, especially senior night. Oh, you do yeah. not want to lose your game, especially if you're that senior who's playing at home for the last time. Oh yeah. And that was a, it was tough on him. But, you know, he gave me he gave me a quick sound bite, which I appreciated him very much for it. And this this is how much of a good man he was. As I was leaving, about to go and catch my ride home, he called me over. He was like, "Hey, what shoe size do you wear?" And I told him, uh, "13, Coach. What's up?" He gave me a, a pair of Under Armour shoes. I didn't expect it. It was out of the blue, and I I was like, wow. And he told me, here's a, an early Christmas present from us. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I was at a loss of words. The man just came off of one of the biggest blowouts in fireball football history. So there's been a couple. And to, for him to, be, to do that, it amazed me. That right there tells you what kind of a person he is and what kind of a coach he is. And you don't find that very often, unfortunately, these days. Yeah, that's true. And that's why with the good ones, you just treasure them while they're here. Exactly, exactly. All right, then. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Romero, on that. And as we close up this segment, do you have any final words you would like to give out? Um, well, like I said, I did, I did used to live here temporarily, but I did live here and took some use, too, because... Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that everything shut down at around 10 o'clock at night. Oh, <laughs> Like everything literally is closed at around 10 o'clock at night. Whereas in Mendota, we have a fast trip that's open 24-7, you know. We have one place that's open. But out here, no. Everything is, Fireball basically closes at 10. Oh yeah, we're strict on QFU. I can, sure. well, I don't, I don't, But it's for safety reasons, for precautions. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, I understand that. But on top of that, it, at night, it is so. It was so darn quiet. I had a hard time sleeping because I'm used to allowed to cars running by my street, sirens even once in a while. Living, I, I lived in the apartments out on on Thomas Convoy. 
out there for a while. And I would come out and I would not hear, a, I would barely hear the crickets. It was that quiet. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was fun living out here for as long as I did. And then of course, there was there were some good moments, but of course one of the things that kind of, I, I felt the pain just as much as they did was when the department store, their veggies, caught on fire. Uh, yeah, the I, fire. I, that was a sad day, and, and not just our lifetime, our history, but Fireball's history. Because we're so, we've gone, we, our parents, grandparents went to that store when they were little kids themselves. Their great-grandparents took them to get their stuff. You know, shoes, school supplies, whatever. I mean, hey, dude, I've gotten a couple of pairs myself from there. Of course, the famous California shirts. Exactly. That's where it was supplied from. That's where they were from, right there. And then also, every time around Christmas time, you would hear music down that street. And like, where's that music coming from? Rebecca's store. Yeah. And then also the barber shop was lost too that day. Which, like I said, I, and I went there too. I actually know the sisters. I knew she, her, uh, Rachel Delfino actually... She used to be, have a shop in Mendota, and I've been and going there since I was a little kid, you know. And when I heard, and when I actually walked by and saw that it caught on fire, and I saw it burn down, I'm like, wow. Like, a piece of fireball was gone. Yeah. Gone, but not forgotten, mind you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they plan on doing with that space. I hope something productive comes out of that space. But at least the barbershop still is is now in a different place. Still the same person. Yep. So we have a little bit left of it. But I, I mean, I said I'm not. I, I'm a temporary resident. I come to school here, West Coast Community College. But I felt the pain that everyone else did when that store burned down. I definitely felt. And it. you know, it it have it it sucks. It was really tragic. But they rose out of they rose up from the ashes. Got through it together, and like I said, I hope something productive comes out of it. They use that land for something. Just like the same thing when they knock down the Ford dealership, they hope, I hope they do something out of it. And yeah, I mean, I love Fireball. I'm from Mendota, but I'm saying that I love it. The people here are nice. The stores, everything, you know, local businesses, you know, definitely on point, you know. Eight miles down the road, so what? You know, I'm a fire. I can say I love Fireball. I love Mendota. I love the West Side. You know, that's and you know I have pride in it. You know, most people like they don't want to really associate themselves with Fireball because that's how much of the animosity of the rivalry is with Mendota and Fireball. You know, we haven't seen anything bad, like maybe a couple of scuffles on the field here and there, but. Believe me, you want to talk about rivalry, Mendota Tranquility, that's one. Bench clear and brawl my senior year, mind you, but like I said, I love Fireball, I love the city. Fireball Sports, they will definitely they are definitely up there with the West Side, with Fresno, with Colvis. They can compete with anybody. And you know, fly Eagles fly. Go Eagles. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And thank you, and this has been another episode of One on One with Fireball.